Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. We are fed up. You can see there are so many random crimes of violence taking place in Democratic cities across America. And you look at the list. It's all over the place. I mean, we're talking about New York City. We're talking about Chicago. We are talking about Los Angeles and random victims of crime, whether it's on a subway or whether it's in a furniture store or waiting at a bus stop. And police are so frustrated because they try to get these people. They try to stop these people. They see this revolving door. And then they see these soft-on-crime DAs. There is no mistake, I think, that we are seeing a pattern across the country of problems. And we're seeing also a pattern across the country Of district attorneys like Alvin Bragg in New York, like Gascon in Los Angeles and elsewhere, where they are just way too easy on the criminals and not thinking about the victims. What do we do to change this cycle? Everybody, you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The number is 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. First, let's talk about New York City, because Eric Adams, the new mayor, who has only been there, gosh, it's been less than a month, and he is already dealing with lots of crime in New York City. In fact, some of the numbers are really skyrocketing. Complaints of crime, by the way, in the first week in New York City went up 41 percent. Arrests up 14 percent. So what does that tell you? That tells you that there's tons of complaints and they're not actually getting the bus. They're trying to get the people, but it's hard when a lot of them are homeless, hard to identify. Luckily, some of the recent cases, the people were easy to catch, but that's not always the case. And by the way, in the first week in New York City, rapes up 22 percent, robberies up 24 percent compared to last year. Those are huge numbers, and those are deeply concerning because it doesn't matter what's happening if you do not feel safe in major cities around the country, including in New York. And today, Eric Adams, the new mayor, tried to sound tough on crime. Take a listen to Eric Adams. Our system must be safe, Uh, must be safe from actual crime, which we are going to do. Uh, And it must be safe from those who feel as though there's a total level of disorder in our subway system. Day one, January one, when I took the train, I saw the homelessness, the yelling, the screaming early in the morning, uh, crimes right outside uh, the platform. 
we know we have a job to do, and we're going to do both. We're going to drive down crime, and we're going to make sure New Yorkers feel safe in our subway system, and they don't feel that way now. I don't feel that way when I take the train every day or when I'm moving throughout our transportation system. That is our battle, and that is what I'm going to do as the mayor of the city of New York. And it sounds pretty good. And he had to kind of do a little bit of repair work because over the weekend, after this terrible case of a homeless man and a repeat offender with some mental problems, so much so that, by the way, the sister of the guy was saying, this guy should never see the light of day. This guy had a lot of mental issues and should not have gotten out. She blames the system and she blames a lot of people. Obviously, she needs to blame her brother first and foremost because this guy suddenly shoves an Asian woman randomly. It doesn't even look like they had any communication whatsoever. Shoves her into an ongoing train and she is killed. It is a horrible case. And again, it's like happening over and over again. And when you look at the background of this guy and you look at the history of this guy, it's like, how was he even walking out on the streets? The plan that he was basically pleading, make sure that this guy stays behind bars, make sure that he's getting the help he needs. And yet he was out on the street to just randomly pick somebody, an Asian woman, a 40-year-old Asian woman, and pushes her into an ongoing train. It is horrible. And Eric Adams, right after it happened, got a lot of heat for a comment, making it sound like it's a perception and not a reality of crime. Take a listen, because this is how we first basically responded to the crime over the weekend. We know that public safety is not only actual, but it's perceived. And when you have an incident like this, the perception is what we're fighting against. This is a safe system because of the job that the transit officers have carried out and what this chief has done in this system. You know what? It's not a perception of a safe system. It is a messed up system. There are so many problems right now. There are so many homeless people on the subways. And this guy was a crime basically waiting to happen when you see it. And also when he got caught, he was unrepentant. It was like, you know, screaming, blank you, blank you. Very similar to what the guy who murdered that poor girl at the Burger King. Basically same sort of unrepentant rhetoric. And I am so sick of these people who are continuously walking the streets after clearly having mental problems, but also violence problems. At one point, do we just say, you know what, we just got to lock these people up. You can't let them out because you feel sorry for them. What about feeling sorry for the victims? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, someone who certainly seems sorry for the perpetrator is the new Manhattan D.A., Alvin Bragg, who chimed in, sort of, about the subway crime. New Yorkers deserve to be and must feel safe on the subway, and this is a top priority matter for my office. We're working hand-in-hand with the NYPD. Yeah, working hand-in-hand. What does that mean? That when they get busted... They're going to come before your office and you're going to go, oh, well, you know what? Let's try to do what we can to help the perpetrator. He's already reduced so many crimes from felonies to misdemeanor. Also is a guy who does not believe in the broken windows theory. In other words, if it's a small crime, don't worry about it. Let's not worry about it. To me, 
This is really disheartening, and it is hurting our cities across the country over and over again. Let's go to your calls. It's 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Billy um, in New York City. Um, Billy, your thoughts about all this? It's so heartbreaking, for especially for the family of the 40-year-old woman who was pushed into the train. And just, you know, Michelle Go, and I think about her family. It's heartbreaking, Billy. Hello? Yep, Billy, you're here on the show. Yeah. Go ahead. I was at the vigil tonight in Times Square. I stayed for most of it. I had to leave because I got sick to my stomach with the speakers. Nobody said what you just said. They have to lock these people up. Nobody said anything to make sure that this doesn't happen again. They just said we have to do better to treat the mentally ill. Those mentally ill people down the subway, they don't want help, 99% of them. They don't want help. They need to be locked up. Nobody said that tonight. And, you know, and I why, why do tonight, you think that is, Billy? Why are they not saying what is the obvious at some point? Because our city is out of control. Um, there are it, cities it, around it, the country yeah. that are out of control, not just New York City. It's it's It seems like in so many of these liberal cities where they are led by either a liberal mayor or a liberal DA. Um, You know, it's just, it is infuriating. And at some point you have to say, we have to protect the public first. It's the obvious thing, Billy. Nobody said that tonight. None of these Asian speakers, these councilmen, they had this black preacher saying we got to all love each other. It's all fine and dandy. It sounds great. You know, kumbaya. Nobody had a solution. The solution, like you said, you have to start incarcerating these people so the public is safe. You know, that's that's why you the main reason you locked people up years ago was to keep them away from the, the public. So they yeah. don't hurt people. I agree. That's Preventative. Why, that's why you put yes. you know, yeah, you want to rehabilitate people, but the number one reason was to protect the public. So someone like you or my sister doesn't get shoved in front of a freaking subway. I agree. I mean, that's more important than the guy's mental health. I mean, I hope he gets the help he needs behind bars, but he has to be behind bars. I agree. And by the way, if obviously if somebody is committing a crime like that and pushing somebody in front of the subway, clearly they've got some mental issues. But at one point you kind of go, you know what? I don't really feel as sorry for him anywhere near as sorry as I feel for the family of Michelle Go. You know, I, I mean, it's like I, I at one point it's like, you know what? Too bad. Get help when you're behind bars. I'm all for helping people, but I'm much more about helping the public. Billy, thank you very much. Uh, let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Larry. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Yeah, hi, Rita. You know, um, first of all, uh, these problems existed way before, uh, for a long time during the de Blasio administration. Eric Adams ran on a certain platform. I don't know exactly what he promised, but these problems could uh, should have been addressed on day one when he comes in office. What does he do? He waits for an accident to happen, and then he issues palliatives, verbal palliatives, that media people like unfortunately say, oh, that sounds good. That sounds impressive. What do you mean sounds impressive? The woman was mangled under a train. It's after the fact. Yeah, okay? I agree. And by the way, Larry, did you hear also – I played first off what he said today, and I played very clearly what he said over the weekend, and it is very much a different in tone. Over the weekend, he said, there's a perception that there's a problem with the subways, Um, but it is safe. Like, wait a minute, it's great. Everybody just sort of thinks it's not. And meanwhile, today, he said, people need to feel safe. We need to take action. And it's because he got a lot of heat. But I wonder, is that Eric Adams' 
who he really is over the weekend, or is he Eric Adams today? Which Eric Adams really is running this city? I'll tell you, the real Eric Adams is the one that came into office and for three weeks decided he's going to clasp his hands in front of him and wait for something to happen and do nothing, okay? Because he doesn't – I'm telling you the truth. People don't want to know the truth. He hired only his own kind around him. They're not going to remove black people from the subway for loitering, period. Well, okay. that's a dangerous issue. Black, white, red, I don't care what the color is. If they are dangerous, lock them up. Larry, thank you. Um, let's go to David in Los Angeles. David, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts? Eric Adams became a politician today, finally. Rita, how hilarious. Yesterday he's saying, oh, it's just a perception it's unsafe. It's just a it's you people's problem with the way you think. And then today to have to come out and say what he said, yeah, I don't feel safe, the people are right. Clearly, he had some political consultants jump all over him and say, you better get out there and say what the people want to hear or you're going to be out fast. Well, you know what also, David, not just political consultants, but also the public, the outcry just from his statement was like, whoa, 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 what are you kidding me? And especially when you hear about this crazy guy, um, he first was targeting somebody else. Then the other person sort of sensed he was a weirdo. Apparently it was pretty obvious. Then the next thing he pushes this other woman. So it was so random, so horrible. It comes, of course, after the crime that took place, the murder at the Burger King where, you know, he said, okay, this is terrible too. But then you're right. It was the public outcry in addition to obviously political experts who said, this is not good for the city. If you want to over, you know, if you want to control this city and you want to get crime under control, saying it's a perception versus the statistics, which are just so obvious, a second grader would be able to figure out that the city's in trouble with crime and other cities across the country um, and Los Angeles. And by the way, we're going to talk about Los Angeles coming up in a second too, David, because it's happening there as well. Uh, But you're right. He better figure out fast that you need to get tough on criminals, and it's not just a perception. The numbers do not lie, and the crime is really bad, and he cannot take a soft-on-crime approach. He can't coddle Alvin Bragg. He has to really be tough and not just, you know, not just semi-tough. He has to really be clear and be tough to turn this city around. We're going to talk about that and also talk about Los Angeles, too. When we come back, it's happening around the country and a horrible crime there. And guess what? A soft-on-crime DA. What a surprise. Rita Cosby is on. Listening to the Rita Cosby Show, we are talking about sadly these horrible kind of random murders that have been taking place in New York, Los Angeles, major cities around the country with one common thread soft on crime DAs. And a lot of people that are homeless, mental illness, I say, too bad. I care about the victims and their families. Also, by the way, everybody. 
the EasyFlow USA system is so helpful to you. As the Omicron variant of the COVID virus is spreading rapidly, we also have to wear a mask. Now, by the way, in all public spaces, also private spaces as well, well, you know what that means. We have to be wearing a mask all day long. Now more than ever, it's important to protect yourself, especially from COVID and much more during the flu season. Easy Flow USA comes to the rescue, the Easy Flow personal air filtration system. So go to easyflowusa.com. That's easyflowusa.com. Pushing fresh filtered air directly into your mask, allowing you to breathe normally and much more comfortably. Recommended by medical professionals everywhere and tested in an FDA-approved lab to filter 99.7% of virus and bacteria including COVID MS2, making your mask more effective, drier, and comfortable for all-day wear. Bulk prices also available for offices. So go to EasyFlowUSA.com and enter the promo code RADIO for 20% off of your purchase. EasyFlowUSA, fresh air everywhere. And we are talking about the terrible case of what happened in New York City. We're also going to talk about Los Angeles in a moment because some horrible crimes happening there. And Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis talking about this latest case of this 40-year-old Asian woman shoved into an ongoing train by a unhinged homeless man who basically just screamed epitaphs after he was arrested. Take a listen. This has been going on for years, and I've been saying that we need to restore public safety in our city. We could do it by repealing the radical bail law that was passed in Albany. We can do it by ensuring the NYPD has their plainclothes unit. We can do it by pushing back on politicians like AOC and some of the others who are saying they don't want to see police officers on our subways. They don't want to see uh, people locked up in jail. That's how we're going to restore public safety when Democrats finally decide to push back against that radical left. And let's go to the callers real quick. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jeff in Forest Hills. Jeff, your thoughts. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Uh, Yeah, you know, the police are out there. I don't trust Adams. I never did. Um, and I still don't. I don't know what's going to happen. However, I mean, we do have cops that really love their job. They do. They, they try to protect. You, but we, as citizens, as if you're going to ride the subway, take the headphones out of your ears. You know, you need your hands to be free. You don't want to have stuff dangling off your shoulders. I mean, absolutely. No, you're, Jeff, you're absolutely right. You have to be focused. You have to be aware of your surroundings. And look out for these crazy people, but we gotta throw the key away. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue on the Rita Cosby Show, a beautiful story coming out of Fairfield, Connecticut, where police rescued two kayakers stranded in the Long Island Sound this week after their kayaks had overturned and were swept up by a current. One of the kayakers called 911 for help around noon 
And at the time of the call, the kayakers were literally hanging onto a channel marker just outside of a marina. The Fairfield Police Marine Unit found the kayakers and they took them on board a police vessel. Emergency medical personnel then evaluated the kayakers. One of them was treated, taken to the hospital. And they are full-service emergency service because then the Fairfield Fire Department even helped recover the lost kayaks. And it's a great story about how important it is to always back the blue and all the different units that support them. Well, we are talking about what's been happening in terms of soft-on-crime DAs across the country. You can have these great men and women in blue who are doing the bus and are arresting people, but guess what? If you've got soft-on-crime DAs like in New York and Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, just to name a few, well, then it is a revolving door, and we have heard about so many horrible cases of late. In New York City, of course, this terrible case of this unhinged homeless man, 61-year-old Simon Marshall, who then just suddenly pushed 40-year-old Melissa Go, an Asian woman, suddenly into an oncoming train in the Times Square station. Absolutely horrible over the weekend. And listen to sort of the soft-on-crime policies of Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. We've laid out a path that is going to reduce incarceration, reduce violent crime, get people services, get neighborhoods uh, safer, get New York City back up on its feet. It's the road forward. Uh, incarceration. Let's tie, Let's look at like kind of emptying out the prisons. What about thinking about the victims? And I really believe that kind of rhetoric. And this defund the police rhetoric that we're seeing across the country is not only emboldening the criminals, it's making the cops basically work with their hands behind their back. They're afraid to do busts. They're afraid to be proactive. Um, They're afraid to be called in by internal affairs. And all of this, I think, is just a terrible, terrible cauldron for disaster. And it's not just happening in New York City, everybody. It's also happening in so many other cities across the country. One of them also, one of the latest cases, and it's been a heartbreaking case, of this 24-year-old UCLA grad student, um, Brianna Cooper, who just when you hear what happened, she was working at a luxury furniture store in Los Angeles when suddenly an unhinged homeless man walked in there. Take a listen to the heartbreaking story as recounted by the LAPD today. Five days ago at 1.36 p.m. in the afternoon, Brianna was uh, working in this store all by herself. She sent a text to a friend letting her know that there was someone inside the location that was giving her a bad vibe. Uh, Regrettably, that person did not see the text immediately. And uh, at uh, 1.50 p.m., a citizen who was coming into the store, a customer, uh, found Brianna lying on on the ground, lifeless, covered in blood. That person called 911. Our officers and paramedics arrived out here quickly, but regrettably, they determined that she was dead. How heartbreaking is this? She sends a text to someone saying, you know, there's somebody weird in the store. I'm a little uncomfortable. She's by herself. And within hours, somebody else walks into the store. And they believe, by the way, in this particular crime, that there was no other, no motive, just some crazy unhinged person who came in there, not really to rob her, not to do anything, stabbed her to death. And they believe that the person, like this crazy guy in New York, 
was some unhinged, mentally disturbed, homeless person. Take a listen. Here's a little more details about that. We do believe that the suspect is homeless, and that's in part by the fact that he came on foot, left on foot. He's carrying a backpack, which is consistent with homeless people carrying extra clothing with them and uh, sleeping out in the streets. Uh, there's some additional information that I cannot share with you at this point, but we believe that he is homeless. And the father of this 24-year-old UCLA grad student said, you know what? I am sick of these sort of soft on crime policies where people are saying, well, let's have sympathy for attackers and let's try to figure out what we can do. He said the finger squarely points at these crazy homeless people and others that are doing crimes. I don't think anybody would have anticipated that this could possibly happen there. I don't think anybody's to blame other than the assailant, awful person that did this to my daughter. Bravo. And can you imagine just how heartbreaking that is for that father to find out that his daughter was randomly targeted just because she was probably working alone? That's what the LAPD said today. Uh, he walked in, saw that she was alone. It was early morning and just it was a crime of random opportunity. And it's just it's horrible when you hear the details about that. By the way, there was also a 70 year old woman in Los Angeles who was also killed soon afterwards at a bus stop about an hour away. Again, sort of, they believe, a random crime of opportunity. And here's a little bit more um, from the grad student's father talking about what he sees as sort of liberal policies destroying this country and clearly taking the life of his daughter. I'm not blaming anybody by name. I blame What's endemic in our society right now is that everybody seems to be oriented on giving back rights and bestowing favor on people that rob others of their rights. Can you imagine just how heartbreaking that is for that father to know that his daughter was just a random victim of crime and again, it's some crazy person they believe. The guy just kind of walked in the front door. You can see it on the videotape. Just kind of walks in like he's a customer. Again, she clearly thought there was something weird. She even texts somebody. They didn't get the text till afterwards. And then you even see on the videotape, the guy walks out the back alley kind of casually. No big deal. And when they find this guy, by the way, I'm so happy to hear in Los Angeles, there is a $250,000 reward to try to get this person to be able to locate them and convict them, um, which hopefully will be enough to hopefully get this guy behind bars. But I bet when they get this guy, they're going to find that he had a rap sheet a mile long, probably tried it. Usually somebody doesn't just kind of go in and do this. Usually there are other cases that have happened prior to this, that there probably is a whole bunch of crimes associated with this guy even prior to this moment, just like the guy at the Burger King. When you look at it, it was like a rap sheet a mile long. And L.A. Sheriff Alex Villanueva said he is so disgusted by this increase of crime in Los Angeles. They've already had 11 murders since the start of this year. That's twice as much as they had in 2020, by the way. And he said he is also deeply concerned. Can you imagine? Here is the L.A. County Sheriff speaking out because he said he is so concerned about that soft-on-crime DA, Gascon, that's there. He's, he's the Alvin Bragg of Los Angeles. And it's so bad that the L.A. County Sheriff is speaking out, condemning the DA, because he is just worried about this revolving door. Take a listen. 
Well, we have, I have no confidence in what the local uh, DA, George Gascon, is going to do. We've been working. The, uh, his deputy uh, district attorneys, the Crimes Against Peace Officers Unit, appeared on the scene of the shooting of Fernando Arroyo's very tragic murder. And they were fully briefed. They participated in the discussion. They told our investigators that the DA had no interest in pursuing anything beyond just a straightforward uh, murder charge without any enhancements for gang activity, for uh, a weapons use, firearm. And that is just not acceptable. It does not uh, describe the depravity of the situation. So we reached out to the assistant U.S. attorney's office and the FBI, and they have a task force dealing with violent crimes in that particular area, you know, RICO-type investigations. So they were more than happy to take the case, and we're very grateful for them. Yeah, he had to basically pull it out and go to the feds because he said, I don't have faith in my local DA. How bad is that in that particular case? And he said that this is a pattern happening over and over again by this soft on crime DA. Again, another Soros funded DA, Gascon, just like Alvin Bragg, just like a number of others across the country. Here's a little bit more of what he thinks of his DA. His guys are busting them and the DA is putting them back out on the streets. You cannot be counted on to hold people accountable for breaking the rule of law in such a depraved manner. What good is your local district attorney? Everything he says and he advocates for is very great if it came out of the mouth of a public defender, a social justice advocate. But the job of the prosecutor is to prosecute crime. And between the two camps, you have the balance of liberty. Right now, there is no balance. Everybody's on one side, and the public suffers. Yeah, the public absolutely does suffer. It is a tragedy. Let's go to the callers. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to John in Long Island. Uh, John, your beliefs about just this, it's like it is a pattern over and over again, John, of these crazy people. And you're supposed to go, oh, God, well, let's get them treated. What about treating the victims and protecting society, John? Oh, I totally agree with you on that, Rita. Good evening. Um, just a quick background. I was with the New York State Police. I was with the BCI. Uh, I got my law degree some years later. And what I see going on today, uh, we really should check the mental capacity, the, 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 the district attorney, the new mayor. We don't know what their psychological problems are. We don't, there's something wrong for them to allow this to happen, to give people a free pass, or to look the other way. There's definitely a problem. And, of course, the old expression also on this, follow the money. Why are they doing these things? Either they're, either they're sick or they're taking money because they're looking to destroy our, our way of life right now. Well, and you wonder, John, with um, Soros, and I have to ask you as a former officer, what do you think the role is of these people like George Soros, who have tons of money, and basically, like in the case of uh, Alvin Bragg in New York, puts in about a million bucks, John. I mean, you know, come on. No, I understand that. They have to track him down and bring him to justice. He, his son, and the, and the rest of his, his, his uh, people in his organization. He's, out, he's not in this country, obviously, so it's not easy to apprehend, but they've got to make an all-out effort to get him.
It, it's unbelievable. You, you know, also, you know, what I want to ask you, John, as a cop, too, about the recidivism, because a lot of these people like in this case, we were just talking about this horrible case in Los Angeles where the woman um, basically, you know, they don't know who did it. They believe it's a homeless guy because they said he was walking, had a backpack and it looked like it had clothes in it. You know, it looked sort of like a typical homeless guy. Um, they have a, a big, you know, APD out for and they have images. It's kind of shadowy images. But typically, these people don't just suddenly kind of walk into a store and stab somebody. Um, In other words, I think we're going to find that this guy had so many offenses over and over again. There's such a high recidivism with these people and many of these people who are mentally unhinged that just get a free pass or a slap on the wrist. Um, It's not like they just suddenly snap one day, right? Well, that is true. But sometimes they do snap because they had been on medication for a period of time, and then they they don't receive the medication anymore, and of course, then they're unhinged. Or they've been doing these things on – they haven't been caught. That's the problem. Other other homicides have occurred, but they still haven't been able to apprehend those people, and this is one of them. They they have to apprehend as soon as possible. The reward reward will stimulate the uh, the, many people in the Los Angeles area to uh, respond to this one. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And there's been so much attention and so many headlines. John, thank you very much. And thank you for your service, too, as a as a law enforcement officer. We always love hearing from men and women in blue so much on here on the show. When we come back, I'm going to continue with your calls, everybody. It has been a disgusting and I think a shameful pattern. And I think we need to finally get tough on the perpetrators. We got to get rid of these soft on crime DAs. And what does it take? You know, you've got a case in New York where somebody was thrown into the train just randomly by, quote, an unhinged guy. You got an unhinged guy walking into the Burger King. And then you got in Los Angeles two murders within like an hour of each other, just kind of random. We need to teach these random killers that they will be behind bars the rest of their lives. Nothing short of that. 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Listening to the Rita Cosby Show, we are talking about soft on crime DAs and sadly some terrible random murders taking place across the country in New York and in Los Angeles and in Chicago and in many cities run by very liberal leaders and especially liberal DAs. We're going to take your calls on that in a moment. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. By the way, this is a very important topic and something that can bring a lot of money into your wallet. What if I told you that you might be entitled to an additional tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars in additional retirement income. Would you know who to call to make sure that you receive this income? Well, I am here to tell you that that is what an RSSA is for. RSSAs are registered Social Security analysts who are certified experts in helping individuals maximize their Social Security income. Social Security will represent a large part of your future retirement income. So to make sure that you get every dollar that you're entitled to, you need to speak with a Social 
social security expert, and that's an RSSA, a registered social security analyst. So go to rssa.com. Hey, you have paid into the social security system your entire working life. So don't rely on the government to give you what you're entitled to. Getting your claiming decision right can mean tens or even hundreds of thousands in additional retirement income. So go to rssa.com. And WABC listeners, schedule your free 10-minute phone consultation. Find out when is the best time for you to file for Social Security. Whether you're single, married, divorced, widower, or a self-employed business owner, an advisor with the RSSA credential will help you maximize and optimize your future Social Security. So protect yourself and also protect your loved ones. Schedule your free 10-minute phone consultation today. Simply go to rssa.com. That's R. SSA.com. And we are talking about the soft on crime, light on criminal approach of lots of these DAs across the country, including, I think, Mr. Soft on Crime himself, LADA George Gascon, who, as soon as he took over office, almost like Alvin Bragg in New York, came out and basically said this People still serve lengthy sentences for serious crimes. But by eliminating the enhancements, we ensure people have at least a chance to show that they have grown and changed over time. I'm a little confused because you're sitting there and going, okay, so we need to make sure that we give them a chance. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I want to play. This is the victim's father. This is Todd Cooper, and this is the 24-year-old UCLA victim who literally, we just heard it just a few days ago, an unhinged homeless man, they believe, walked into this very nice luxury furniture store in Los Angeles in the morning. Broad daylight just went in and stabbed her. Take a listen to what the father has to say about all this. We don't elect them because we think they're great. We elect them because we think they can do great things. And it shouldn't be about them. They should want to be in that role because they want to serve a community. So he says it is these politicians who are coddling members of the community. And listen, you can't forget, you know, uh, in New York, Alvin Bragg got elected overwhelmingly as the D.A., And now we are seeing the results of that soft on crime attitude. And it's trickling down to everywhere. And I think it is emboldening absolutely criminals like this crazy guy who pushed the 40-year-old Asian woman into the train. It's 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Andrew in Stanhope. Andrew, your thoughts about this? My wife is exactly 40 years old and Asian, ironically, sadly, and she was freaked out when the reports of the attacks on Asians, uh, you know, started. But it was like you said, it's located almost exclusively in uh, liberal blue cities run by leftists and the soft on crime, social justice warrior DAs. And uh, so that's terrible. And also the, um, you know, de Blasio started it, like the caller said, and I also feel that even though obviously this is getting media attention because it was egregious, but if it was the other way around, like white Trump supporters like Jesse Smollett tried to hoax, if they were assaulting, it would be constant coverage because the assault assailants are black. That's why it's not getting much coverage. 
Also, you, you interviewed Tara Reid, who was assaulted. She sounds totally credible when you, I listen to your interview. Yeah, no, and I remember that whole ordeal. And, and Andrew, st- thank you very much. But you bring up an interesting point. You're right. It seems like Democrats are so focused on, you know, what they call white supremacists, and yet they're not looking at murderers that are pushing people into trains and walking into furniture stores in the middle of daylight. It is outrageous. It needs to stop. And we need to let these politicians know enough. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. Because you probably smelling sweeter. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. What should happen to the Beijing Olympics? Should there be a boycott of the Beijing Olympics? We're going to talk later on in this hour to great China expert Gordon Chang to get his take. Because the Beijing Olympics, the Winter Olympics, is just about two weeks away. And there's a lot of questions. In fact, even if you look at Beijing's own coverage, which usually, of course, is very government-controlled and very state-controlled and very limited as to what we get from the world, uh, from the information, because they cut off everything, well, we know that they are experiencing highest virus cases now in nearly two years. That's not great for Olympians who are going, uh, spectators, they basically have put out the word, hey, you know what? Um, First they said, you know what, we may open it up to local spectators, and they said no. Then they said we may open it up to international spectators. Then they said no about that. So after all of that, now they are basically saying no spectators, that things are just so bad, and that a case of the Omicron variant has just been surging all over the country of China. And of course, we go back to the origins of the coronavirus. Remember the cases were first announced that we find out in China, remember many months after the fact. Still a lot of questions. Many people saying it looks like it was in that lab or the wet market, but most likely the lab based on most people that you talk to. So still a lot of questions. We still don't even know the roots of the coronavirus. They won't even let inspectors in, even to this date. And we're going to kind of coddle them and grant them this privilege of hosting the Olympics when the whole world's going to be watching and showcasing the great aspects of China as a great tourist destination. Is that really what China deserves at a time right now where, again, they have skyrocketing coronavirus cases and also so many questions about their human rights? I think we should be revisiting this. I absolutely do. There are a number of GOP officials and also I can't wait again to hear what Gordon Chang has to say. But there are a lot of people who say that China shouldn't deserve that privilege of being showcased to the world. And a lot of people say, God, you know what? Uh, Think back, of course, about uh, the games in Germany. Think back to other times in Olympic history. There are things that maybe a lot of countries might have done differently in hindsight. 
Neville Chamberlain saying, oh, no problem. You know, I mean, you go back and all the times and all the different experiences through history. And now you go, wait a minute. We're looking now at the video that has come out about the Uyghurs. Remember, that's the minority, the ethnic minority, where we're finding out that there are these internment camps, essentially concentration camps, uh, reports of a crematorium nearby, reports of organ harvesting nearby. I mean, it's it's just these horrible, despicable things that we're hearing. And as a daughter of a prisoner of war in a Nazi camp in World War II, it sends chills through my spine when I hear of these stories of what's going on with the Uyghurs over there and the reports that are happening over there. And again, that combination of not even getting any answers about the coronavirus, this virus, that in all its different machinations and all its different variants, uh, whether it's COVID-19 or Delta or Omicron, that we still even haven't been able to allow inspectors to go into China to even take a look at it, to try to figure out if indeed it was the lab, if indeed it was gain of function, if indeed it might have been the wet market. I mean, there are so many different things right now where we should be able to get access. And we're not getting access. And we basically said, okay. No worries. No problems there. You know, should we give them that basically privilege, that basically, you know, kudos to be able to showcase to the world how beautiful and how wonderful China is? You know, right now, it's also a threat to the Olympic athletes. I feel bad for the athletes who've been training and working hard and everything else. But to go right now to China with all of these problems where they haven't been helpful on covid There's so many questions on human rights. Let's talk about Taiwan, too. I mean, there's just so many issues going on over there. That combination. Should they deserve a chance to be showcased to the world as this great tourism destination? Because that's what's going to happen during the Olympics. And also, do we want our athletes over there exposed at a time where coronavirus cases are skyrocketing? There's a lot of places around America where we're seeing so many cases of the Delta variant. And now China, again, a country that isn't very forthcoming on details, is now saying that they have their highest, basically, amount of cases in two years to the point where, get this, across China, more than 20 million people are in some form of lockdown due to the coronavirus. And we're going to send... Our Olympic athletes, even in Japan, remember, they delayed it because of fears for the coronavirus. Yet in China, it's full steam ahead. And if you listen to also, there's a lot of problems going on here with the messaging for China. Mixed messages all over the place. And I don't think mixed messages coming from one of the part-time owners from the Golden State Warriors NBA team because... This is really what a lot of this comes down to. There are a lot of people who are afraid to go after China because of profits, because of relationships. The NBA, uh, first and foremost, millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, you know, with games, licensing agreements, so forth, that you see these people like LeBron James, who during Black Lives Matter protests, he was wearing the shirts, he was wearing, you know, the sneakers, he was doing all that stuff. But when it comes to China and the human rights abuses, oh, he's silent on that. He doesn't want to say anything on that. And take a listen to what is making tons of headlines this week. Again, this is one of the minority owners, uh, minority share owners uh, of the Golden State Warriors NBA team. And this is what he had to say during an interview. This is Chamath Palapatiya. And he's a very successful tech guy. 
from Sri Lanka, a country that has had a lot of problems, too, by the way, with human rights issues. He fled that country, basically came to America. And this is what he had to say in an interview that is making tons of headlines. Nobody cares, about, again, no, 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 nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You, you bring it up because you really what? care. And I think what that's nice that cares? you care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you, you a very care? hard. Wait, I'm telling you, you a very, personally don't care. I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth. Okay, of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. Okay, oh, of all the things that I care about, it is below my line. Disappointing. Whoa! Of all the things I care about, it is below my line. I could care less about human rights. Meanwhile, he came from a country that had a number of human rights issues, and for him, an immigrant to come to this country, oh, too bad wealthy guy, and he kind of tried to backtrack on it, but it didn't really help too much. Here is Senator Tom Cotton replying to Paula Patia and his likes. Well, it's shocking uh, moral indifference to communist genocide. But it's not that surprising from this woke billionaire. You know, he likes to saddle up his high horse and ride it hard on things like climate change and green energy because he knows that the Democrats to whom he's given millions of dollars in campaign contributions will reward him with billions in tax breaks and subsidies. It's all about profit for him in China as well. It is all about the bottom line. So what do you think? Should there be a boycott of the Olympics? And should human rights be a big focus? Wouldn't it teach them a lesson? Because when they came over, remember, to Alaska, they scolded. Do you remember Secretary of State Blinken saying, don't talk to us about human rights. You've got problems. And Blinken didn't even go back and go, hey, wait a minute. I think what's happening to the Uyghurs and these reports, uh, they overshadow any sort of issue that you might consider in America, any problems that you might consider in America. And it's just a reminder that America, I think, is the greatest country and one of the greatest, by far the greatest democracy in the world. When we come back, we're going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we're also going to be talking to Gordon Chang, the great China expert, to get his take on this guy's comments, but also should we boycott the Olympics? This is the Rita Cosby Show. Welcome back to the Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about whether or not the U.S. should boycott China's Olympics over its dismal record on human rights and also the coronavirus. And joining us now to talk about all of this is Asia expert Gordon Chang. He is the author of The Coming Collapse of China and also The Great U.S.-China Tech War, also on Twitter, Gordon G. Chang. Gordon, great to have you here. Oh, well, thank you so much, Rita. You know, first, I want to get your reaction to this owner of the Golden State Warriors. He's uh, one of the owners, and he basically, as you know, got a lot of heat for coming out and saying that, quote, nobody cares about the Uyghurs in China. What's your reaction to his comment, uh, sort of a tech billionaire just acting like, eh, no big deal about human rights and what's going on there? Well, Paolo Pattaya actually is a person without a soul from all that we can tell. In his apology on Twitter, he said, well, you know, I may have lacked a little empathy. No, no, no. He lacked humanity. Remember, he comes from a family that's a refugee from Sri Lanka, a country that was wracked by genocide. 
and ethnic cleansing. And for him to say that he has no concern, no care at all for the Uyghur situation, the genocide and the atrocities in China, just bespeaks a person who is, I, I, I don't really know the word for it, but this is, um, this is really sad more than anything else. Yeah, and you know, it's, I feel like it's callous, it's disconnected. And to me, it's just so disgusting, as you talk about, you know, his own family history, but you know, any American, but especially someone who comes from that background, it's really just showing such an utter lack of understanding. And it's all about business. Yes. And and in other comments in that interview in the All in One podcast, he actually sort of compared uh, the situation in China to that of the United States and said, well, you know, America is no better than China in terms of human rights. And then he questions whether the Chinese Communist Party runs a dictatorship. Um, this is just demonstrably wrong. And it, and it shows greed or it shows obliviousness or it shows loyalty to Beijing. But whatever it is, it's disgusting. It is. And it's sort of a sign of the times that just the NBA in general needs to speak up. You know, you brought up an interesting point, China, you know, about China, Gordon, because when all the stuff was happening with Black Lives Matter, so many of the players were wearing, you know, Black Lives Matter gear during a lot of the riots. Um, and yet, where are they speaking out about rights in China, human rights in China? It's even worse than that when you think of LeBron James, who endorses Nike. Nike um, was running a factory in Qingdao in the eastern part of the country where Uyghur women from the western part of the country were um, transported. Um, they were working in what looked like a concentration camp. Now, this factory was run by a subcontractor, but Nike had a long-term relationship with the subcontractor. Nike was inspecting the factory. So it was essentially running um, Uyghur slaves, in other words, uh, women from a racial minority. And LeBron James has the gall to uh, lecture us about social justice in the United States. You know, tell us what happens in these Uyghur camps, because, you know, we have seen some of the satellite images and they look horrible. But tell us exactly how horrible it is. You know a lot of these details, Gordon Chang. Well, these are mass internment camps, and inside um, Uyghurs and Kazakhs and other Turkic minorities um, are being tortured. They're being killed. We know they're being killed, Rita, because between two of these concentration camps, China actually built, built a crematorium. Um, we also know that uh, Uyghur women are being raped as part of official policy. Um, there is almost certainly organ harvesting. Uh, in other facilities, which resemble prison camps, um, Uyghur children are being detained. They call them orphanages, but essentially they are concentration camps for minors. And the list goes on and on. There's genocide, as defined in Article 2 of the Genocide Convention. This is forced abortions, forced sterilizations, the attempt to eliminate racial and ethnic uh, identity. Um, these atrocities are comparable to what the Third Reich was committing prior to the mass exterminations of 1941, and um, the, the evidence is incontrovertible. You know, it is just heartbreaking. It's disgusting. Everybody, we're talking to Asia expert Gordon Chang. Um, also, his Twitter is Gordon C. Chang, everybody. And Gordon, I want to ask you about the Olympics, because they're coming up in about two weeks or so, you know, right around the corner. What are your thoughts? Because Senator Tom Cotton and a number of others say, hey, we should be boycotting the Olympics because of human rights and also 
the lack of evidence, you know, in terms of everything pointing to China, the lack of them showing up, allowing investigators to come in. Um, There are so many areas. And also they're having skyrocketing coronavirus cases and like 20 million people in the country are now in lockdown, essentially there, too. Yes. Well, first of all, on the broader issue, um, China is committing genocide. And this is not like the 1936 Berlin Olympics. This is like the Olympics on the eve of World War II, 1939, 1940. And so this is is wrong, just from a, a moral point of view. The other thing, Rita, is that the United States and others should be going to the International Olympic Committee and demanding that the IOC ban China's participation in all Olympics. Because China is prohibiting um, a substantial portion of its population, Tibetans, Uyghurs, Kazakhs, from participating in sport. And this is the rationale that the IOC used to ban participation by South African teams in the early 1960s. And what China is doing is far worse than what South Africa did. Um, On coronavirus, um, it's obviously wrong to hold the Olympics in a country which is now being ripped apart by both the Omicron and the Delta variants, and perhaps a new variant that has not yet been identified. Um, This is, again, uh, you know, you look at the Tokyo Summer Olympics of 2020, those were postponed a year. Um, You would think that the IOC applying the same standard would postpone these games as well. And the last uh, factor is, Peng Shui, the tennis Olympian. Um, I mean, we can't guarantee safety. The IOC can't guarantee safety of Olympians and others. So in these circumstances, I believe that there is no reason to hold the Olympics on starting February 4th. Yeah, I think a number of people agree with you, too, as well. Gordon Chang, great to have you here on the show, the great Asia expert. Again, your books are The Coming Collapse of China and The Great U.S.-China Tech War. Gordon, thank you for your important perspective. Thank you so much, Rita. And it's stunning when you hear his comparison to acting like the Third Reich. That is absolutely damning to China, and I think should make us all reconsider about the Olympics right around the corner. What are your thoughts? one 800 848 And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Hero segment, a beautiful story coming from Mobile, Alabama, uh, where time is slipping away for many veterans who are considered part of the greatest generation. And one man who fought in and was taken prisoner during some of the fiercest and coldest fighting during World War II in Europe has been sharing his story with younger generations. And the people in that town are now honoring him with a serving those who serve award. It's beautiful. Cy Lichtenfeld was taken prisoner by the Germans during one of the most fiercest and coldest battles in World War II in Europe, the Battle of the Bulge. By the way, my father was in Stalag 4B, and a number of the guys who were captured in the Battle of the Bulge were taken to my dad's POW camp. Um, Cy Lichtenfeld was taken prisoner in a camp, and he was held prisoner until the end of the war. And when he came home, he never spoke of his experiences. 
Finally, he did at the urging of his family, thank goodness, and he described his personal experience of the war. The thunderous crack of artillery and mortars spread at gunfire, all while penned down in a foxhole punctuated by bouts of silence. He also describes the smell and the severe cold and his feet swollen and unable to wear the boots while forced to march as a prisoner of war. Thank goodness he survived and was able to share his story with his family and so many people in the community. And how beautiful to see that here he is in his age, able to be honored with the Serving Those Who Serve Award from community members in Mobile, Alabama. And I love seeing the greatest generation always honored. Well, I think it is so important, of course, recognizing them and also recognizing while we recognize the good and serving and supporting our heroes, Let's talk about the bad, and there's lots of bad in China, especially of late, especially when we look at some of the headlines. They are dealing with the highest amount of coronavirus cases. Remember, that's where, of course, everything started more than two years ago, and now they are dealing with some of the highest numbers with the Omicron variant, so much so that 20 million people in China are in some form of lockdown because of that. And it also comes at a time where they have said no spectators because China, which hasn't exactly been forthcoming about the coronavirus and a lot of problems, is even coming out and saying, you know, it's not safe for spectators. So is it safe for our athletes to go there? And should our athletes be going to the Beijing Olympics, which again is just right around the corner, early February, because there have been so many headlines of late, not just about the escalating coronavirus cases. They haven't even told us what happened with the first one. Remember, they've even been blaming America for it at certain times. It's just the outrageousness of it all. And yet they won't let inspectors and investigators in to look at the lab, to even look at the wet market, to look at wherever they're in China. It's like, no, it's not our problem. You guys started it, not us. Are you kidding me? And then it comes at a time where we are hearing these horrible details, as you just heard from China expert Gordon Chang, about what's been happening to the Uyghurs. That's the ethnic minority. And there are literally images that we have seen of these internment camps. And as we were just hearing from Gordon, he was talking about a crematorium nearby these camps. There's these stories of horrible forced rapes, forced sterilization, organ harvesting, and some of the people who have escaped some of these internment camps have come out and just talked about some of the most horrific things that when you hear of it, it is absolutely chilling. So much so that Gordon Chang equates it to what was happening in the Third Reich at the beginning of World War II. That is absolutely frightening. So with all of these things, should we be sending our athletes to the Olympic Games where you know it's just basically a whole big advertisement for tourism about how beautiful and how wonderful and how fabulous China is. And should they turn a blind eye to the human rights? Obviously, huge oppression going on. Should we turn a blind eye to what's been happening with the coronavirus, the lack of information, and the skyrocketing cases that are going on? There's a lot of reasons. What do you think? I think we should be looking at it and considering it. And so does Senator Tom Cotton. This is what he had to say about it. John, I'm very concerned. I called for a total boycott of these Olympics a couple months ago because the Biden administration didn't have a plan to keep our athletes safe from Chinese surveillance or harassment. Now that China is not even selling tickets to its own citizens, it's time to reschedule these games. 
So is it time to reschedule the games and maybe reschedule the location? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Well, one of the things, again, that is getting tons of headlines is the owner of the Warriors. And these are the Golden State Warriors NBA team. One of the minority owners is a guy named Chamath Palapatia, a very successful Silicon-Oni business owner. And this is a guy who's done very well, but pushes for social causes. If you look at him, this is a guy who like talks about climate change, talks about human rights abuses. And yet, when he was asked about China, take a listen to what he said about the human rights abuses that are going on against the Uyghurs. Take a listen. Nobody cares, about, again. No, no, nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You, you bring it up because you really what? care. And I think what that's mean, nice that you cares? care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you, you a care? very hard. Wait, I'm telling you, you a very, personally don't care. I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth. Okay, of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. It's okay? below. Of all the things that I care about, it is below my line. Disappointing. It's below my line. It's below. He said it twice there. Not to worry about it. You know, no big deal. I'll talk about climate change, but let's not talk about organ harvesting or a crematorium with internment camps with millions of people in the country. It's below my line. Here's the response from Tom Cotton after that disgusting comment. All of these companies are focusing on access to the Chinese market and getting Chinese money as opposed to focusing on principle, a genocide against China's own people. And that's saying nothing, John, about what they've done to Tibet, what they've done in Hong Kong, what they do to Taiwan, what they do to oppress Christians and harvest organs. It is a totalitarian communist state. You have all of these woke CEOs who are putting profits over principle. And the NBA does make millions upon millions of dealer, you know, money on China. Same with Disney, too. Remember, Disney has also, you know, done a lot of deals with China. Well, luckily, there is one basketball player, Inez Cantor Freedom, who is speaking out. There are so many, you know, athletes, so many actors, so many celebrities out there who are scared because if they criticize China, obviously they will be affected. You know, their endorsement deals, their um, contract or their, you know, their money will be affected and they're scared to say anything. But to me, you know, human rights, democracy and freedom is way more important than everything they can offer me. You know, morals, values, and principles are the most important thing in life. So to me, I wanted to stand up for my Muslim brothers and sisters who are in, you know, concentration camps, are getting tortured and raped every day. And I don't care whoever said which organization or which company, I don't care about any of that. I care about to be the voice of all those innocent people out there who don't have a voice. Bravo for him. And he's taking a lot of heat for that. And again, the Warriors owner, one of them, of that team, the the Golden State Warriors, oh, it's below my line. No big deal. And you try to kind of backtrack and say, well, I didn't kind of really mean that. Uh, we heard what you said. I think it is disgusting. And that seems to be the attitude of a number of big corporate CEOs who would rather coddle China than deal with these human rights abuses that are massive. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. So should we boycott the Olympics? And will history judge us if we don't? Let's go to William in Central Jersey. William, your reaction to all this? I think it's unbelievable that if we go over there, Rita, forget about it. 
You know, there's so many violations that China is involved in. I was just listening to you and thinking about, you know, we don't even know if they're responsible for uh, all these viruses that have been being sent over here. What about fentanyl coming through China via Mexico and then coming right through and destroying us? What about the animal torture? What about the, you know, uh, the harvesting of people's, uh, you know, and uh, their heart and things of that nature, you know, and uh, the imprisonment of the Muslims? No way, you know. I, there's no way that U.S. athletes should ever, ever go there to support them, and it's not a land of vacation. You know, and that's it's a great point that you bring up, William, too, because the whole thing, you know, when you see the Olympics, that's like, hey, take a look at our stadium and take a look at the Great Wall of China. Don't you want to come visit? You know, uh, come come visit Wuhan. It's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. You know, don't worry about that lab or the wet market, you know, and yet our government hasn't also pushed it. You know, what would be really smart, William, is if. Americans, and if the world came out, can you imagine how different it would be right now if the world came out sort of as a unified voice and said, we are demanding inspectors come in, we are demanding that we get answers, you know, on what started this whole thing. You won't even let us look at the lab. You won't even let us look at the wet market, whatever. You won't even let us look at a bat cave there in China, you know, whatever it is, let's let us look at it. They won't even let you. But if Americans led that charge or if the world led that charge, think about the pressure that would be on China. You know, right now it's like they're going to look like you just said. It's going to be like Tourism 101. Come visit. Go to Disneyland and then go to China. It's just one big happy place. And it's like, you know, you know that they'll ignore anything that has to do with that. And there will be no reference to coronavirus. There will be no reference to, certainly no reference to the Uyghurs. Um, And they have just gotten a free pass, William. And I think the Olympics, um, there's a standard that should be held. And that's my feeling, too. I agree with you, William. Thank you. Let's go to Billy in Philadelphia. Bill, your thoughts about this. What should happen with the Olympics? Hey, Bill, can you hear me? Hey, Bill, call us back if you could. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert in Philadelphia. Let's go to you, Robert. Yeah, you know something? Somebody should have told that idiot that this is the modern-day apartheid. Maybe he would have had a little more empathy. Um, but at least now I know while why NBA viewership is down 40% since they became woke in 2018. So while China's committing genocide, the NBA is committing suicide. Oh, that's a great... You know what's interesting, Robert, though? Your point about them being woke, it's like they are selectively woke. That's the thing that's so shocking. It's like they're they're woke on certain parts when, you know, like when obviously all those riots and, you know, even all the Colin Kaepernick, all that stuff, they they couldn't wait to hop on board all of that and allow their folks to, you know, wear the T-shirts and do all the other things, you know. And yet when it comes to something like this and when you hear the horrors of Gordon Chang, what he's talking about that's going on there. I mean, he's comparing it to the Third Reich. He's comparing to what was happening in Germany, you know, and he brought up this is what was going on in Germany, essentially, is in 1940, 1941. Um, You know, when you're hearing the stories of what he says is happening to the Uyghurs, I mean, these are horrible things, you know, and yet they're crickets on that. I mean, to me, that is just shameful when I hear people like LeBron James, who has a voice. Imagine if all these players came out and spoke out about it. 
You know, imagine if Inez Cantor wasn't sort of the lone wolf in the, in the crowd speaking out. Think about the force. They have such great fan base. They have so many people who look, they could do such an enormous good around the world. And, and yet they are selectively picking what they're complaining about. That's what I have a problem. Don't you think, Robert? Absolutely. But I think that, like, I'm not going to, if they have these Olympics, I'm not going to watch them because, China is bad, and as far as I'm concerned, NBC is bad. I will be tracking the athletes on my favorite news app, which I encourage everybody to do. But unless you have a friend or a relative or, like, you're a small town with a favorite son on the Olympics, which I'd understand you all watching, you don't need to watch and subsidize these people. And it's going to get even more interesting, Rita, because in 2024, the Summer Olympics came come and we have this whole transgender athlete affecting women's sports issue to deal with yeah there, so, there's a lot of issues you're right there's a lot of these crazy. you know it, it's, it's crazy. it is so crazy and and you know the other thing i worry about our athletes going over there i worry about them for a whole bunch of different reasons robert and thank you very much for the call too but i worry about um a right now with obviously with all these issues you know coddling and and honoring china you're you're absolutely right the other is the virus. The other is, you know, China has a habit of kind of listening in on calls, too. I mean, are they going to be safe for a lot of different reasons? You know, I, I think this absolutely should be reviewed. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. I'll take your calls after the break. Rita Cosby is on. are talking about the China Olympics coming at a time where, guess what again, coronaviruses are skyrocketing in China. So much so that they're even telling the world, essentially, that about 20 million people are in lockdown. They're not going to have any people in the audience for the Olympics that they are planning at the very beginning of February. We're talking about two weeks away for the Winter Olympics. Uh, they're basically saying no local spectators, no international spectators. The virus is really bad. They still haven't even told us basically what happened with the first one. We haven't been able to get investigators into China. And this comes at a time where there are so many horrible reports of human rights abuses Let's talk about Taiwan. That's one issue. The other is, of course, the Uyghurs, the Muslim minority. That is very, very much oppressed, so much so that Gordon Chang is comparing it to what the Third Reich was doing in 1941. So all these things combined begs the question, should we boycott the Olympics? Should we be sending our athletes for health reasons, for moral reasons? There are so many reasons here. I think it should be reviewed, and I want to take your calls on that. It's 1-800-848-9222. And by the way, probably like so many of you, I am often spending the day, I'm kind of leaning over my computer, looking at my iPhone all the time, and yet there is a solution to back and neck pain, and that's why I am so excited to introduce you to my friends at Trinity Rehab. These are the folks that will restore your freedom to live your life pain-free. 
Don't be fooled. This is not your father's physical therapy. This is cutting-edge, state-of-the-art stuff. They have the EPAP machine. This is FDA-approved, non-surgical acoustic pressure wave technology. What's used to break up kidney stones? It breaks up scar tissue. It enhances healing. And it gets rid of pain fast. And it's effective for conditions like back or neck pain, tennis elbow, shoulder tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, and knee pain. And in just three five-minute sessions, you could be virtually pain-free. There isn't any prescription needed to get started. Locations are all over New Jersey. Super convenient. Now open in Clifton, Paramus, Wayne, Short Hills, Emerson, East Windsor, Shrewsbury, Wall, Woodbridge, and two brand new locations in Hackensack and Wyckoff. So be sure to call Trinity Rehab today and live pain-free. It is so important. 1-800-518-0977. That's Trinity Rehab, 800-518-0977. Or go to trinity-rehab.com. That's trinity-rehab.com. Let's go to your calls about China and the Olympics. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eric in Manhattan. Should we boycott the Olympics or not, Eric? What do you think? Well, before I get to the but, I was thinking back to the, the 1936 Olympics with Jesse Owens and how he kind of showed them up. There were a couple of movies made about it, and it could be a whole – it could it could make the most of it. But then, I mean, Biden's owned by the Chinese and – and with all the, all the complications you listed, it could kind of be a mess. But, I mean, they haven't talked anything about boycotting at all. And, you know, I can see Biden reprimanding, I'll say, uh, one, of the, one of the athletes if they did make some kind of statement. You know, because uh, I don't know. What do you and think? And, by the way, I don't see the athletes probably making any statement against the Chinese government. Yeah. I don't think so yeah. while they're there. But, you know, it's so funny. I thought about Jesse Owens, too, as you were talking yeah, yeah. about it and, and how great it was that, he, you know, <laughs> remember they didn't want an African-American, and then he comes and he does so great. Um, but at that time, you look at now what we're seeing now, and you look at how history judges. There's a lot of people, um, and my father fought the Germans, you know. I, In hindsight, you know, I wish we did not go to the Olympics back then, and I think a lot of people in history feel the same way, too, as we look back. Eric, thank you. Great call. Um, let's go to Roger in Massachusetts. Roger, your thoughts about this? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I'd just like to remind you also, if, there, if you're a whistleblower in China— like those uh, several doctors, they disappeared. Uh, and what about the young tennis player recently who uh, who uh, filed an allegation about sexual abuse? And she disappeared. Has anyone heard from her yet? And finally, um, do you know? If, are there any uh, anyone any other countries any murmurings in other countries about boycotting? No, you know what? That is a great, great question. Well, first of all, let me tell you about the China, uh, the uh, tennis player, because she did kind of come out and kind of correct her statement. But a lot of people believe that she kind of was forced to correct that statement. So that opens the door to a lot of the stuff. And there is a history. Um, You look about in South Africa and a number of things under apartheid. There were many questions and many issues of the boycott back then. And you just heard from Gordon Chang. He says uh, that this basically, you know, rivals it if not even worse in some capacity. So for a lot of those reasons. Roger, thanks for the call. Let's go to Stan real quick from Forest Hills. Stan, your thoughts about should we boycott the Olympics? One, yes, we should, but we never will. And I'll tell you why. We're the biggest phonies of all time. Gordon Chang, Tom Cotton. Look, 40 years we have helped build up China. We did. Nobody else. We built them up. 
And now, we're, you know, there's 100,000 Americans living in China, in, in the coast, in Shanghai, in Beijing, all across the country, doing business, multi-billions of dollars. Ain't and, nothing and by, the way, by the way, Stan, you know what, you're, Stan, I agree with you that we did build them up. I don't think we wanted the intention of the Uyghurs or some of these other problems that have come, but you're absolutely right. There's a lot of money in China, and that is sad because we got to think of morality, too, and principles. By the way, tomorrow we're going to talk about the Biden press conference, his first one in some time. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save 